listeners and welcome back to two pupils in a pod gosh i missed saying that we are your hosts fatima and sakina and we are here today with a very exciting episode forming the reform our ideal systems now the previous episode showed us the variety in forms and systems of schooling and education and we were both extremely fascinated by the models um approaches and formats of education adopted by different countries but this diversity also got us thinking about the goals of education and what education means does it mean knowing how to read and write does it mean having information about different things and knowing facts and figures surely it must mean being able to recite formulas recall important historical dates punctuate a sentence correctly and list capitals of the world but somehow all of this doesn't seem enough of course this is not what education is limited to but it certainly revolves around this basic idea of feeding knowledge to people from a young age in a formal setting now this current system has worked very well for years and years right but hear us out does that mean this is the best we can do obviously we realized that no country has a perfect system so we decided to design what we think would be the most ideal education system of our own while sakina decided to take a macro approach to the reform where she will be talking about a whole system in general i have taken a micro approach where i will be talking about a singular school but keep in mind that we both have drawn almost all of our ideas from existing systems and structures that are already employed in schools and countries around the world and we will try and give you a general idea of what our ideal schools would be like so sakina over to you education is for every individual but not everyone is suited to academics and yet there are some systems that highly value retaining and producing knowledge through tests and assessments while some others go a step further and ensure that the only way to build a future for yourself or the only way to measure success or predict how successful you will be in life is by your ability to do well academically but why have we made education entirely about grades and marks and who's first and who's second and white collar versus blue collar jobs i don't think a person's future status or social mobility should be connected to academic outcomes more importantly their worth shouldn't be associated with that who decided that money and affluence are the markers of a successful life young students for decades myself included have been victims of a system that values material things money and everything that comes with it over everything else it's no surprise then that capitalism has found its way into education and not just that but it has also created this illusion that pupils from privately funded educational institutions have an upper hand over their public school counterparts in reality there is no strong evidence to support this claim yes to some extent it is true that private institutions are better equipped resource wise 
And so parents have brought into this idea, enabling a huge private business of schooling and tutoring in the name of better education for their children. So the private public separation of education thus contributes to power and status relations, discrimination and class divides more than anything else. Thus, the Latin function of private schooling becomes promoting inequality in society. Now, the kind of education system that a country adopts depends on various factors and among those are the kind of citizens that they want to create and the kind of country that they want to become. So the goals of education depend on the values and goals of society at large. And in my view, the best model is to make education about equality. It is imperative to give all students an equitable start in life. And in my opinion, the best place to begin is education and not allowing it to be privatized. Education should be an instrument to balance out social inequality. Therefore, I think there should be no private education institutions at all. All schools should be publicly funded. This will also make education accessible to all. And to make the school environment equitable, free, healthy and nutritious meals should be provided to all the students. With this, school uniforms should be made compulsory for all, with room for some alterations to accommodate sartorial diversity. However, these provisions of accessibility and affordability alone won't be enough. All parents need to be encouraged to send their children to school, and the way to ensure this would be by making education compulsory for all by law from the age of four till the completion of upper secondary schooling, which is around the age of 18. After this, all students would be required to take a compulsory gap year. During this period, they could explore academic or career options, engage in hobbies or other activities, gather work experience via internships or volunteering, or simply stay at home and relax after 12 plus years of continuous learning. Because in the current system, each grade is a preparation for the next one, all ending in the grand culmination of university which then prepares you for the next grand thing. So taking a year off before entering into tertiary education is important to allow students to explore different options, make informed career choices, gain valuable experience, and relax a little before returning to another couple years of nonstop education. I know I would have definitely benefited from such a provision as with so many other young, confused individuals. After this gap year, students can either enter university or the job market, both of which they should be prepared for when they leave school. At present, there is a huge disconnect between what children study at school and what the industry and the world require from them. So what we need is a curriculum which produces the kind of young individuals that the economy and society needs. For this to happen, we need to realize that education is not only about imparting knowledge, because knowledge can be acquired via other means too, and not just formal school learning, especially in this day and age. In fact, I have learned more valuable things from outside a classroom than I have inside one, and I'm sure a lot of you will agree. In fact, the real life use and relevance of knowledge imparted in schools and colleges is usually limited only to the academic arena and is not of much practical use. I personally can't remember the last time the periodic table or a trigonometric identity came in handy for me. 
So what we need to do is increase the scope of education and learning. The fluidity of the curriculum should match the fluidity of relevant modern knowledge demands and it should be periodically revised and revamped to meet the needs of a fast changing world. To begin with, all schools should follow a uniform national curriculum which should be curated by an independent body of curriculum specialists and experts. But care should be taken that though education is being provided by the government, the government does not interfere with the syllabus, more specifically what topics will and will not be taught to students. The syllabus of primary school should include general knowledge, environmental science, numeracy, writing and reading in English and an additional language and the medium of instruction should be the country's national language. Separate provisions should be made for students with a different mother tongue. This will give students the confidence to freely express their ideas without language being a hindrance. In addition to this, students should be encouraged to develop one skill, provisions for which should be made by the school itself. This could be in the area of art and craft, music, dance, drama, sports, or anything else. This will help students improve their expressive abilities and shape their individuality. In secondary school, the focus should shift to natural and social sciences. The former years should deal with a practical and hands-on approach to natural sciences, and the latter years should concentrate on the social sciences. As the world is becoming increasingly globalized, we cannot allow ourselves to be ignorant and unbothered by what's happening globally. For this, it is necessary that students be taught about the various events and movements in history that have not only since shaped the world's future, but continue to affect us today. Whether it be colonialism or occupations, genocides or world wars, revolutions or freedom struggles, issues of racism or casteism, suffrage movements or activist movements, the youth needs to be made aware of these international issues that have implications for humanity as a whole. Today, no nation exists in a vacuum and the power of the youth cannot be underestimated. For positive change to come, for our futures to look better and more harmonious and peaceful, it is imperative that we students are armed with the right knowledge and facts and develop empathy for fellow humans. We live in a modern world where knowledge is extensively centralized. Such a system makes students a subject of ideas and vision of people in power, denying them freedom of thought at a very early age and leading to extinction of local knowledge. So additionally, they should have an equal knowledge of how their nations were created and also how their own towns and cities are a part of that nation. With this historical knowledge, it is important for them to have an understanding of the political scenario to be able to become active citizens and future world leaders. Young students need to be taught about their rights and duties, responsibilities, and the power that they carry to bring change. A good education will help students see themselves in terms of their historical framing, social context, and global connectivity. And so they need to learn about the issues of society, the environment, climate, economy, and they should be empowered to do something about these things and be a part of the solution by taking an active interest and part in these problems. Lastly, important lessons from psychology, such as handling relationships, emotions, effective communication, parenting practices, motivation, attitudes, beliefs, etc., 
should be integrated into the curriculum because of the practical importance they hold in real life, which I have only come to learn and realize as a psychology student myself. Finally, in upper secondary school, students should have a choice to pick subjects of their own choice from whichever discipline or combination of disciplines they like. In my experience, systems of education are rigid and highly compartmentalized. And in my opinion, they should be adaptable and flexible to accommodate the needs of students. Such a system will allow students to switch subjects after a semester if they don't wish to continue it for whatever reasons. At minimum, students would be required to take any four subjects and maximally they may take any number of subjects they like as long as they can cope with it. At this level, practical and vocational training should be given for subjects and courses that demand it. Similarly, the role of the teacher should reduce to that of a facilitator and students should take on authority and accountability of learning. Extra academic help should be provided to those students who need it during a separate portion of the day. It is also very important that all forms of knowledge are nurtured and respected. This means giving an equal status and place to every discipline. It's about time we moved beyond skill generation and bolstering employment and ensured that sufficient opportunities are given to students for true intellectual exploration. Innovation and creativity should be at the heart of educational philosophy. For this to happen, it is important to create a learning space where students will experience no pressure, less stress, and feel free to be themselves despite their differences. Schools should be a place where students can enjoy while they learn and not be constantly stressed, worried, and mentally exhausted by the pressures and demands of excelling. Learning and interacting in relaxed education environments will teach children for life, not just for school. And the first step for this is to encourage students to learn and work together and collaboratively instead of competing against each other for coming first or scoring higher. This promotes cooperation among students and they will learn better that way. I know my learning experience was inhibited by a constant need to be the best or come first in class. I also think standardized testing should be thrown out of the equation because learning does not happen when students cram just to pass tests, which is what happening majority of the time. And as a student, I can vouch for that. In fact, students' abilities shouldn't be tested and fitted against one another's. Instead, keeping in mind the theory of multiple intelligences, they should be allowed to learn in a way that works best for them instead of an arbitrary standardized method. And they should also be allowed to express their understanding of this knowledge in individualistic ways. An education which enables children to think outside the box can improve their knowledge in a way that rote learning and an impressive accumulation of facts may not. So exams should only be held in the final year of schooling before students pass out and should include essay questions rather than multiple choice questions which focus on giving explanations rather than straight answers. But these exams or the result of these examinations should not assume primacy, nor should they be a measure of the student's academic abilities. Their sole purpose is to determine whether or not the student has gained the required level of maturity, knowledge and skills to leave school and enter tertiary education or the professional sphere. This means there would be no rankings. 
simply a statement of whether or not the student has cleared the examination because it must be understood that schools are not merely a process of certification. This idea will lessen the burden and stress on students to a great degree and make education about actually learning instead of just passing. Students who do not clear can retake the examination within six months and it will be the responsibility of the teacher to ensure that the student is prepared. For this, the teachers will have to have a good measure of individual students' strengths and weaknesses. And this is possible only when each teacher is in charge of only a few students. Hence, a small student-teacher ratio, ideally 18 is to 1, would build a strong interpersonal bond and an atmosphere of trust and comfort at school. Students should be able to feel like they can trust teachers and ask for help if they need it. It is crucial for students to be able to find support in their teachers and be directed by them if they do not know which direction they have to choose. This calls for having highly skilled teachers trained in dealing with students outside just the academic setting. Strong teacher training programs and periodic workshops will ensure just that. The job of a teacher should be a socially prestigious one and it should be difficult to become a teacher for no other reason than the fact that they are the ones who mold students' lives and shape not just their individual futures, but the country's future too. Apart from all of this, it is crucial to integrate into the curriculum 21st century skills, which include learning skills, literacy skills, and life skills, and a social and emotional skills curriculum that focuses on recent discoveries in positive psychology. In addition to this, there should be an explicit focus on physical health, mental health, environmental science that goes beyond topics like pollution and waste management and deals with real-life environmental challenges, which we are faced with today. Safety and first aid, cyberspace etiquettes, population and sex education, civic and political duties and responsibilities, community care, etc. We need to adopt a holistic learning approach where extracurricular and co-curricular activities, along with skill and knowledge enhancement workshops and programs, go hand in hand with classroom lessons through all years of schooling. Homework and out-of-classroom work should be minimal and shouldn't take up more than five hours during a week. This being said, the school week itself should be five days long and the school day should be four hours for primary school, five hours for secondary school and six hours for upper secondary school. This less taxing, relaxed, and educationally supportive environment will enhance the student's learning experience. An enhanced classroom support to students rendered by modern educational facilities will produce effective outcomes with students being more interested, engaged, and interactive in the classrooms. One might argue that a lot of these changes are happening, but the rate of this change is still very slow. Policy shortcomings, and rampant inefficiencies continue to be a challenge for education systems around the world. And while a flawless system does not and cannot exist, there is room for experimentation and improvement. That being said, I don't think my idea of an ideal system is so idealistic, but in my view, it would be the best model for students. Sakina, you went all out, huh? 
that was some great research and I can't believe how much thought you put behind this because I absolutely loved some of the ideas that you put forward and you know what I might just want this to be a reality someday well um I decided to take a micro approach to talk about my dream school so this is just an experiment of how I would like my ideal school to be Honestly though this topic couldn't have come at a better time because in my current semester at university I'm learning economics and society which definitely includes the topic education and no doubt it is a very important aspect in today's life In 300 BC Aristotle wrote if a man neglects education he walks lame to the end of his life What a massive statement. I mean, this only goes to show how important education really is. So from what we have learned and experienced over the years, education has the ability to shape the society. No doubt about that. It is simply like a chain effect. I'm going to put this in the most simplest explanation I can. So Better education gets you a better job and better pay leads to a better quality of life. But this is obviously easier said than done because the education system today is full of disparities. So my dream school proposal is largely based on investment by the government. First and foremost the government should be pro education. and set examples themselves by appointing only educated members in the office schools can definitely be privately managed because i've noticed that um principals and head of departments and all of these educators are often creative in their own ways so they can definitely manage the school but all schools must be state funded only most importantly Education from the ages of 7 to 18 must be compulsory for all. Yes, you heard that right. School would start only from the age of 7, which as seen from Finland has had a very successful result. Research and readings also show that the simplest school systems have the best outcomes. So, I've made my approach as simple as possible. My dream school would essentially have a no homework policy. I mean, come on, this is the first thing I had to include. Students should have the time to explore the world outside the school rather than have an extension of school at home in the form of homework. Um duration-wise, school would be for 4 consecutive days throughout the week. which means there would be a 3 day weekend and it would function for ideally 6 hours per day as any more would just tire the learner now when it comes to the actual classroom the ideal student teacher ratio can vary from 15 to 20 as i've seen in my personal experience and i'm pretty sure everyone will agree that no matter what the subject is 
teacher teaching it also plays a massive role and inevitably my school will definitely put emphasis on the hiring and recruiting process so mainly teachers will be recruited on the basis of a carefully curated interview session which would which would include a situational interview now this means that they would they would be given challenges in the form of situations and scenarios and the way they respond or the way they react would determine whether they get hired or not and basically they would be tested on their ability to handle various types of learners students on the other hand will have no entrance test requirements because this is a school for everyone after all and tuition fees will be handled by the government entirely as this will ensure that every single child has a fair shot at education rather than the current scenario where the underprivileged are just left behind uncared for on that note my school would also actively involve parents in their child's education in the sense that um, they won't be bombarded with emails on all of that but they will be permitted to uh constantly stay in touch with the school perhaps through an online portal where teachers and parents can interact about the child's progress and you know in this way they won't even be pestered into attending meetings and all of that so that would definitely make a difference in the student's life uniforms in the school will be mandatory with variations obviously that can be provided as per the student's requirements moving on to the main curriculum the core subjects would include english math science social science including current affairs and a second language of the student's choice wherein if we won't have if we don't have uh, suitable faculty available we will most definitely use online tools and platforms to teach the language the syllabus will mainly focus on what the student understood rather than what the student has just wrote learned from uh, from ages 7 to 12 which is roughly middle school these subjects will be taught without any examinations instead we will conduct practical activities that will test the child's cognitive and application abilities as i did mention before ages 12 to 18 will have a slightly different approach in subjects the core subjects would include um the main branches of science social science and two vocational subjects of the student's choice which would range from say uh accounting to psychology programming marketing um culinary photography and more also you know how universities offer extra credit courses right why can't we make that a thing in schools as well i mean imagine getting to learn anything from a course that you like without any restrictions that is definitely something i would want
And before I forget, there would be weekly sessions in my school for stress reduction and mental health. Talking about my favorite part, the extracurricular activities, I personally was a huge fan of participating in as many things as I could because honestly, the the friends I made, the teamwork I learned, the whole process of brainstorming was way more valuable than anything I would have learned from textbooks, you know. So yeah, extracurricular activities will be open to one and all. Um, cooking, pottery, drama, sports, debates, poetry, you name it, and the school will most definitely offer it. These activities would further build communication and networking skills, which would help the student later on in the real world. Well, um, coming towards the end, the school would most definitely have one final exam that would be compulsory for all and agreeing with Sakina, it would consist of essay type questions that require detailed answers which would be different from one student to another. Um, overall, these methods are just bits and pieces from some exemplary education systems in countries like Finland, uh, Singapore, Canada, Japan, and so on, where they put great emphasis on teaching less but learning more. Lastly, I know, I, I mean, I'm completely aware that so many of these points that I just said are honestly very utopian and it might take us years to even adopt these novel ideas because currently, Academia is so rigid and it's high time we change that. I definitely agree with just about everything that you've said, except the fact that your model is utopian. I mean, if anything, it is so feasible, simple and practical that it should be implemented with immediate effect. But really, Fatima, I do hope that our ideas even if they seem a little ambitious right now, are carried through someday. Someday in the future? Yeah. Um, perhaps when Sakina and I ourselves are old enough to participate in actual policy making. Um, our main observation here has to be the fact that the current systems in education are simply lacking in some way or another. Exactly. And what we need to do is bridge this gap to make education inclusive, relatable, but most importantly, fun. Mm. But of course, good things take time. So until then, we will keep voicing your concerns and addressing more educational topics right here on Two Pupils in a Pod. So just hop on to our Instagram, come say hi. Or even leave us some feedback on our website www.twopupilsinapod.com We will be back with some more exciting episodes. But until then, signing off, we are your hosts Sakina and Fatima. <laughs>